0: It's 8 p.m. in London, 3 o'clock in New York, 2 p.m. in Texas, and noon in Los Angeles. You're listening to Radio Stranahan. Lee Stranahan, thank you. It was a privilege for me to meet you last weekend. You're tuned into Radio Stranahan. And now, here's your presenter, Lee Stranahan. Good afternoon, everybody. Lee Stranahan, Radio Stranahan. I have a big project I've been working on. I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to give you a sample of it. But first, I want to talk about our sponsor, The Urban Farming Guys. We are sponsored by TheUrbanFarmingGuys.com. I really want you to check out what they're doing. They're not just a sponsor, but I really love what they're doing. They're helping people break the cycle of poverty by becoming more independent people, not giving people handouts. But helping people to gain the sense of self-worth, accomplishment, and independence that you can only get from work, that you can only get from doing things, from making things from creating things, growing your own food. You want to be independent, grow your own food. And that's what they're showing people how to do in places like India, Mexico, even right here in the United States, in Kansas City. They've got a phenomenal project going on there. Please visit theurbanfarmingguys.com. They're our sponsor, and we love them. So I have had this problem. I've been doing journalism about seven years now. And I typically find myself in stories that are big and complex, and I find myself doing reporting that is deep. It's not the kind of stuff that you can just throw out a few sound bites, get the story, and move on. It's more complex than that. And in fact, one of my criticisms of a lot of journalism is that it's not complex, and so they get stories completely wrong. And you've heard me, if you listen to my show at all, Everything from Benghazi to immigration, these are stories that I've written about, I've covered, and frankly, the media on the left and right both get them wrong. Everybody gets them wrong. That's provable. It's not my opinion. I can show you facts. I can point to things. And if you're the kind of person who, you know, cares about facts, you'll go, oh, well, look at that. That's kind of interesting. Everybody's getting the story wrong. And part of the reason they do it is because our media is is shallow, right? So I've had this problem for a while, which is that's the kind of reporting I do, that's the kind of stories I do, but I've been doing it, I'm presenting it in the wrong form. I think. I think one of the problems I've had in the past few years is I'm not presenting. If you got a big complex story. A blog post is a really lousy way to present it. Even a series of blog posts is a lousy way to present it because you need it all in one place. You need a a something, (laughs) a book, a movie, something like that, where you've got all the facts put together in one thing, one object that people can absorb. Makes sense, right? So not every story can you tell in a blog post. It's good for getting out certain types of stuff, not other stuff. And every story I've covered in depth, the Pigford Black Farmer scandal, the Steubenville uh, rape case, Occupy Wall Street. Uh, Occupy Wall Street, we were lucky enough to be in a film called Occupy Unmasked that actually did a good job. Of, Look, here you go. Here's uh, You want to know about Occupy Wall Street? Take 90 minutes. Go watch that film. Uh, but I find myself in these stories constantly. And so I've been struggling with this for the past year, trying to get stuff out in a form that makes sense to fit the story. I spent most of last year, about half the year, away from home, and I spent a lot of that time up in South Dakota. It's a big story. It's a complex story. And when people ask me about it, and they say, well, well, you were working on this thing in South Dakota. What were you working on? I can show them blog posts, but I don't have anything. I don't have any object that I can give them. So I'm a big fan on radio, and have been for a, a decade, I guess, of This American Life. Maybe a little less than or around there. And uh, This American Life is the NPR show and I like the depth that they cover stories in. And recently they did a show called Serial, which became one of the most popular podcasts ever very quickly. And Serial, they did something really interesting. They took a story and told it in a number of episodes. So this one news story, it's a nonfiction story, it's a, a real story they spread it out over about seven hours. And I liked serial, and I have some criticisms of it, but whatever. I, I, it, it's really good. And one of the things they did that's really interesting in serial is that they brought you into the reporter's process. Sarah Koenig, who's the host of the the show, they they really, she let you in on her process. And sometimes she would follow a lead in the story and it wouldn't go anywhere. And some people got frustrated with that because they were like, well, that didn't go anywhere. But you know what? That's what happens when you're reporting on a story. And so once I started listening to it, once I'd heard about four episodes, I started to think, that that format, that podcasting format of telling a complex, real nonfiction story over a number of episodes would be a good thing for me to do. So I've created that. I've created a new type of podcast. Obviously, I do this. Radio Stranahan kind of one-off little topics and rants, interviews, that kind of thing. But I'm going to be launching on Tuesday a brand new series podcast where I'm telling big, complex stories over a number of episodes. And the first one is going to be about South Dakota. I don't have a name for it yet. I don't have a name for the ep- for the episodes or anything like that yet. But I have the first episode done. I have the second episode partially done. And on Tuesday, I expect to be launching the first two full episodes about an hour Of this story up in South Dakota, which involves political corruption, child abuse, injustice, out of control politicians, big money. It's a big story. And it also involves my friend, Annette Bosworth, who is going on trial in about two and a half weeks and uh, facing prison time related to the election last year that I was involved in. I, I did work up there doing video work. So I want to give you a sample of it. I'm going to give you the first eight minutes or so of that podcast right here. You'll see it's a different format than I, than I do on Radio Stranahan. You'll see that I completely ripped off the uh, This American Live slash serial style. If you listen to those shows... You'll hear what I'm doing with music and with the pacing and with dropping other audio clips in. Uh, I wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel. I really liked the way This American Life does stories. I really liked the way Serial did stories. And the content is 100% original. But I didn't try to, like I said, I didn't try to reinvent the wheel or, you know, come up with anything else. I used music, narration, Audio clips and everything else to tell a story. And so, again, this is the first eight minutes of the podcast. Please check back on Tuesday. I hope you like it. Here you go. On February 4th, 2015, a little under three weeks from when I'm recording this, a woman is going to trial in South Dakota she's facing 24 years in prison for charges related to last year's Senate Republican primary. It's a story that involves political corruption, cover-ups, big money, personal betrayal, angry bloggers, and even the sexual abuse of children. But before I can tell you about any of that, we need to start somewhere. So let me take you back to June 3rd, 2014, the day of the primary election. I'd only been in South Dakota for about a month at that point. I was doing political work for a couple of the candidates that were trying to win the Republican nomination for the open Senate seat in South Dakota. On that June night, I'm sitting with a film crew that Fox News had brought in from Minneapolis. We're at an empty, rented storefront at a strip mall in Sioux Falls. There's no air conditioning, so it's hot, it's muggy, and the whole room smells like spray paint because graffiti artists had written obscene words all over the walls just a couple days before. But I'll tell you about that some other time. Sitting about four feet from me is the reason that the camera crew is here. A South Dakota native named Annette Bosworth. She's one of the candidates who've been running for months to try to win the Republican nomination for Senate. There's a reason I'm taking you back to that moment. While she's sitting there, waiting for the film crew to tell her that she's going out live on national television, at that moment, Annette Bosworth had no idea that she was about to get hit with two nightmares and have one of the worst 12-hour periods that any politician can imagine that doesn't involve injury, death, or sex. Annette was a first-time politician She'd never run for anything. She wasn't even that interested in politics until she decided to run about a year before. Annette is a doctor, one of the country's leading experts in things like electronic medical records. She runs a clinic in Sioux Falls, and she's also a wife and a mother of three boys. Her kids had actually been featured in one of her early campaign TV ads. Hi, I'm Walker. I'm Chancellor. I'm Prescott, and our mom's doctor Annette Bosworth. Before you vote for her, there's a few things you need to know. She is very smart. She taught me how to shoot a gun. She makes people feel better. She loves riding in the go-kart with us. She's the world's best mom. Vote for mom! I'm Dr. Annette Bosworth, and I approve this message because I believe in South Dakota, and I believe in you. In that commercial, her kids are wearing bright red t-shirts that said, Mom for U.S. Senate. Her son Walker had actually worn his shirt every single day for months. He really felt that if he kept wearing that shirt day in and day out, if he kept wearing that shirt, that somehow Annette could pull off an election miracle and win. Here comes nightmare number one. On that Tuesday night in June, Annette, the Fox News crew, and I are sitting in that stuffy room filled with paint fumes. We've been sitting there for about an hour because Annette was scheduled to be one of the first guests on the Megyn Kelly show. But for some reason, they kept pushing her segment. The crew would get word from the producers that she'd be on the next segment, then they'd push it back for another segment and then another. And so now it's about four minutes from when the show is over, It's gonna end and there's no more time. If she doesn't get on the next segment, that's it. She's not on the show. Then we get worried that she's about to go live and the show comes back from the break. Annette, thank you very much for being here. I wanna start with the breaking news from the Associated Press uh, that reports that you have lost your race and that former South Dakota Governor Mike Rounds has prevailed in the GOP primary. Uh, Your thoughts on that and then we'll get to the controversy. Well, um, that's news to me. I didn't know that. Really? You know, it's been an amazing... I didn't know, so I found out on national television. When the segment ended, one of the guys from the film crew looks over at Annette and he says, Hey man, I'm sorry, that was brutal. And then immediately, the South Dakota media is there, and now Annette has to do more interviews about losing the election. She handled the whole thing amazingly well. Annette did a few more interviews, and then we headed over to the post-election party. Except, when you're talking about the events held by losing candidates after an election, you're really stretching the definition of the word party. Of course, right after a loss, a candidate's supporters are all kinds of things. They're sad, they're angry, but they aren't what you'd call in a party mood. At that moment, everybody has an opinion about what went wrong and what should have been done differently. Some people want to console the candidates, and other people just want to tell them off, tell them how they screwed up. And all of that was true for Annette. The dozen or so people who'd gathered at a friend's house all had seen the Megyn Kelly thing. And like the Fox News crew guy said, it was brutal. So she had all that pressure. Plus, she's got a kid sitting on the couch who can't stop crying. Because his mom had just lost an election, even though he'd worn his t-shirt every day. Now, remember, this is only nightmare number one. After the party broke up, I went back to my hotel room, and I thought I'd just get about 12 hours of sleep. The last days of any election are a flurry of activity, and I was just worn out. But the next morning, I was woken up by a phone call from the front desk. Annette and her husband Chad were in the lobby. Welcome to Nightmare Number Two. I went out to meet them, and Annette's sitting in the breakfast room, and, well, she's just a wreck. Her head's in her hands, she's sobbing. She tells me she got a phone call from the police that morning, and a warrant had been issued, and she's supposed to turn herself in for booking. So there you go. That's the first third or so. It's about a half hour. Each, each episode is going to be about a half hour. This is the first third or so of my new podcast series. I hope you liked it. I hope it wet your appetite and got you interested as to where it's going. I'd love your feedback. You can reach me on Twitter at Stranahan. We're going to have a website about the podcast. Every episode is going to be up there. Like I say, two episodes, an hour of this that really goes into detail on this story coming up on Tuesday. Till next time, I'm Lee Stranahan.